they won't challenge things. If the doctor or nurse asks them, oh, can you sign this, without having a fully explained and uh, translated. They'll, they'll, they'll just sign it anyway, just so you can just go away. <laughs> that has happened on many occasions. That's Pirawangi Purantatameri, speaking with my co-host, Stuart McGrath. My name's Vicky Kerrigan. This podcast is about consent, making sure your patient understands and signs that yellow form fully informed, understanding the risks and options which relate to the healthcare plan. Ask the Specialist, a podcast where doctors from Royal Darwin Hospital ask a team of specialists to answer the questions they have about working with Aboriginal patients. My name is Billawarra Lee. Billawarra means the red-tailed black cockatoo. I'm an elder of the Larrakia Nation. My name is Parawa Ingi Purintadamiri, a Tiwi elder. And my name is Rarkiwi Melanie Herdman, and I am from Arnhem Land. The specialists are Larrakia, Tiwi and Yungu leaders, who have all had personal experiences in hospital in the Northern Territory of Australia. So the first story comes from our favourite wise elder from the Tiwi Islands. Pirawangi. Pirawangi, Purantata Mary. Uh, Tiwi elder, ceremonial leader, song man. Did you know that he played in the AFL, in the NTFL? He was a Waratahs player? No. Yeah, elected deputy mayor with the Tiwi Islands Regional Council. He was on the Tiwi Land Council for 27 years. He worked as a teacher. He trained at Bachelor Institute with... Dr M Unipingo, which is my uncle. Trained there in the 80s. He worked as a health practitioner. Yep. On the island, in the clinic there. For about 10 years. This is what happened to him when he was a patient at Royal Darwin Hospital recently. So I'll just give you an example, if I may. Uh, I've had that experience happen last year to me when I was up at the hospital. The nurses came to me and brought the consent form for me to sign. But those boxes had already been ticked. So I got upset about it. I said to that nurse, why are these boxes ticked without me going through and reading reading it carefully? So they just wanted you to sign it? Yeah. So that's not informed consent then? No, it's not. So they got the doctor in charge to come and talk to me, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't want to make a big thing out of it. Uh, it seems that there may have been a perception that people may not understand what's written and can't read or write. So they're taken into assumption that... You you didn't know how to read and write. Either that or or that, you know, they ticked the boxes for me because I would say yes, yes. But but I explained, I said, look, I I can read and write. Please don't tick those boxes. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm not going to sign it. Pirawaingi's experience is sadly not uncommon. And the doctors we spoke with know that. In these podcasts, you won't ever hear a doctor's voice. It's a research project, so the doctors need to remain anonymous. But instead, their questions are read by Richard Margotson. If you ask a patient, are you happy with everything that's going on, they reply, yeah. Now, how often do people say yes when they don't know what else to say? Yes doesn't mean yes. 
Yeah, we do that a lot. <laughs> well, that goes that goes back to my comment that yeah, you know, we don't want to upset you. You know, you're the professional. You're taking care of us or our kids or our grandkids. When you ask a direct question like that, are you happy with everything that's going on? We're going to go, oh yeah, because we don't want to say to you, no man, that's bullshit. We don't like because we're not like that. We don't want to shame you in front of others. So we're going to say yeah. Look, a lot of Aboriginal people want to please non-Indigenous people to be hospitable, uh, particularly remote Aboriginal people. So they will say yes because they won't challenge things. If the doctor or nurse asks them, oh, can you sign this without having a fully explain and uh, translate it. They'll, they'll, they'll just sign it anyway, just so you can just go away. <laughs> that has happened on many occasions. One of the stories I tell is that a doctor comes into his waiting room and he looks at his file and it says John Brown Aboriginal and he looks up and he looks around the waiting room and he sees an Aboriginal man sitting there. This is real life story. He looked at him and he goes, John Brown, and he nodded. And, of course, the old gentleman nodded straight back at him because that's polite and that's what you do. So he got this old gentleman in who wasn't John Brown and it was just lucky that the nurses and sisters came and said, Doctor, that's not John Brown. So if he'd have said, Hi, my name's Dr Paul, what's your name? And the old man would have said, oh, I'm John Black. Um, and then he went, oh, Mr Black, I think I've got the wrong person. So sorry. They were actually reported in the hospital incidents reports of several misidentification, and that's why the posters came out featuring me on all the walls to say, hello, my name's so-and-so, what's your name? How quick a few sentences can stop a major incident. When we consent our patients for procedures, is it really informed consent? Because I've had people who've signed informed consent for a kidney biopsy, for example. They have a biopsy and 10 years later, they're still asking me what that procedure was about. Just to be sure, one of the ways that they can do is to reinforce their understanding is to ask them to explain what these words are saying in their own words. Rephrase it. Rephrase it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then or the other alternative is is that patient, after reading it, interpret what he reads to an interpreter or to a family member. Uh, and a family member also reads yeah. and they both agree that what's there is what they understand. It matches ask them to repeat the answer to them, not in a closed way. So not saying, did you understand that? Yes, not that way, but saying, so can you tell me what operation you're going for? Mm. So asking those sort of open-ended questions, and even if they point, you know, if they're having a heart operation, at least look at their body language as well and their hand gestures because sometimes people will point at their heart so they actually know the action of what's going to happen. How do you quantify risk to an Indigenous patient? The concept of risk. 
It's really hard because there's no word for risk in Yurungumata. Well, there might be, but I, yeah. You know, you might explain it this way and just say sometimes people have complications, but there's only a small chance. So instead of saying there's a risk of 5%, maybe saying there's a small chance, but not a lot. So only 5%, which is only tiny, so you think 100%, some people don't know percentage. So you have to write, you have to go 100 and only take away 5 So don't even worry about the percentage. But at least you need to put into their head that the bigger percentage, explaining it to them. Mm taking that time, sitting down, explaining it. And if they understand, great. If you think they've got a question mark or they're going nodding their head and saying ma, 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 like that, I think that's a worry. So that's when you would then ask the open-ended questions again. And I know it's it's going to sound like a headache and I know that it's going to take up time, but you are giving them the power to make that informed decision. And like I said before, when I was explaining my cousin's procedure to the family, what could have taken me five minutes in English took me 20 minutes in Yolngumata. So let's say you're feeling confident the patient understands what they're consenting to. You've asked the patient open-ended questions. You've used teach-back the practice of asking the patient to explain to you what they believe is going to happen in their own words. Or you've picked up on Pirawayingi's suggestion and asked the patient to explain in language to an interpreter what's going to happen. So now you feel sure the patient understands what's being proposed. But the next thing to think about is does the individual patient have the power to sign the consent form or does the decision rest with someone else? Be aware that the person sitting directly in front of you may not be the one that's allowed to make decisions because informed consent, the cultural authority to consent to somebody's medical procedure may not be held with the individual. Like in my family, now that mum's passed, I'm the senior elder and a lot of them will come to me, even though we're all, most of my family have got degrees from university, they'll ask me about it because... The Western medical system looks at the mind and the body but not the spiritual aspects around the health issue. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of mistakes there. Yes. Um, like, for example, last year my, um, my uncle passed away and he went, his body was meant to re- be released to Alka Island from Gove. So we were there at the morgue at the hospital doing the ceremonies and... Uh, one of the morgue workers walked up to, to his son and asking him, and he was just standing there quietly. And I was in the front standing, and he was, like, pointing at me. He was like, I was actually the delegation for my uncle. Even though he was a son, he couldn't say much or anything, where he was going to be buried, when the body was going to be released, when the funeral. He just, my cousin just felt shame, and he was just standing there real quiet. And the morgue worker's like, does he understand what's going on? He's in silence for respect for me because I'm the delegate. So I've got to organise it. And he's like, what? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so this is talking about, like, um, so if there was a child, you know, the guardianship. Uh, so it's how do we identify the appropriate guardian for a child? This is, this is a bit difficult with it, Aboriginal people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. 
a lot of people think mother and father, but um, in some cases it's not because of different reasons. Because of the kinship structure, so it might be somebody else that's you, actually the ones that make the decision for that child, you know. Because of the moiety rules. Dominantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have very young parents too, so it's usually the grand, the grandparent or grandmother of a girl, the grandfather of a boy, who would be the appropriate guardian. And if they're not around, it's the uncles and aunties, the mother auntie, the father uncle, who are the appropriate guardians. Kinship systems vary across Aboriginal clan and language groups, and they're really complex. Auntie Billawarra mentioned a concept there you may have heard of before, the moiety system. For Yungul people, their world is divided into two moieties. I asked Stuart to explain that a little. So the Yungul culture is divided into two different societies, along with their totems, song lines and their land and as human beings and with animals and everything is it's, it's the balance, balance in the Yorong society. So whenever I've heard anybody explain this, it makes me think of yin and yang. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Do you have responsibility for the things that are? Opposite, yeah. So the Iritya person is the guardian and responsible for the Doa clan and Doa is guardian and responsible for the Iritya clan. So it's it's just the um, unseen world that only Yolngu can see through. It all relies on that concept of Dua Iritja. Which is what you talked about when you talked about your uncle. Yeah, because uh-huh. my cousin was Dua and my uncle was Dua and I'm Iritja. And so you had responsibility for him. It's automatic since the day I was born. I had a job. Came up with a job description, and that level of obligation is something that as white fellows we don't really experience. No. So that's another important thing to think about. That is patient in in the hospital. You think that stranded on welfare and unemployed, well, they actually have jobs in the culture, but but to the health professional, it's just an unemployed person. Let's do the paper round on consent. There's a chance your patient is going to sign that consent form even if they don't understand because they don't want to offend you by asking questions. Make sure you take the time and ask the patient open-ended questions to check their understanding. Use Teachback where you ask the patient to explain what they believe is going to happen to them in their own words or book an interpreter and ask the patient to explain in language what's going to happen. Risk is tricky. Rachiwoy suggests you need to introduce the idea of something large so you can explain the size of the risk. Maybe you can workshop how best to explain risk with your colleagues. Kinship systems vary across Aboriginal groups. It's really complicated. The person you're treating might not have the power to consent, and when it comes to consent for kids, it may not be the biological parents who need to sign that form. You need to check this with your patient and their family. Next time on Ask the Specialist. I'd also like to know what people think about the hospital. Do they perceive it as a racist place? I'm interested to know what people really think about the place. Hospitals aren't a place that people really want to be. 
But is it that unpleasant for people that it's like a horrible sort of racist sort of place? We'll talk about how you can make the hospital environment a culturally safe place. Thank you to Auntie Bilawara Lee, Pira Wayangi Purantata Mary, Rachiwoi Melanie Herdman and Stuart Yiwar McGrath for sharing their knowledge and personal experiences. I'm Vicky Kerrigan. We hope you've learnt some stuff you can try at work. But we also hope you've been inspired to think about who you are and how you work. Because while it's helpful and completely fascinating to learn about Aboriginal cultures, if we're sincere about wanting to improve health outcomes for everyone, we need to critically think about our culture and how we can change. Not just as individuals, but also take a look at the places where we work and the policies we've created to suit how we think the world should operate.